listening to Unscripted, the film show. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Good afternoon and welcome to Unscripted, the film show, the most Sorry. professional show here on, you know. I can't hear myself, but that's fine. I can't, I can't hear myself either, but I'm not wearing headphones. <laughs> either, so Neither am I. That makes a difference. I'm sorry I left it until right in the last minute to actually move my microphone. It, um, we do it all the time. We're, we're pretty cool. We're pretty chill here. Like I said, the most professional show uh, around, really. <laughs> <laughs> totally professional. Um, so, um, I was last week, I was listening to uh, the episode that you and Cecilia did by yourself because um, I was at the dentist. I just, it's been a really long time since I've had to get a filling at the dentist and I forgot that, you know, it might be painful mm. and my mouth might be slightly numb. Mm. Like I just didn't think about it when I booked the appointment and I had like a very small window of time to get stuff done. So I'm like, oh, I'll just book it in it'll be fine. And then my jaw was like really sore afterwards. I had to take Panadol and put like cold packs on. And I oh. can't believe you were actually thinking about coming to the studio after I, to the dentist. Yeah, I did because I haven't had a filling in like over 15 years or something like that. Well so, done you. Good <laughs> yeah. for you. <laughs> so I don't remember what it, I don't remember what it was like. Mm, so um, yeah, and I've had some more yesterday as well. A couple of little ones. So oh, yeah. so you just you just like uh, catching up now? Is that what you're saying? Well, there was one big filling last week, yeah. and then they they're called caps or something. I don't right. know. They're like little tiny bits that um, they fill in. At least they make them white these days. So that like back when, in the day when that was silver. Yeah. Oh, oh my like goodness. They're, they're kind of greyishy color, and like mm. you open your mouth and people would see you ashamed. But <laughs> well, they least, color it up now. to the. They put the little machine on yeah. top of it so that it um, gets to the color of your. Teeth I know we're just Somehow. hiding it. We're just hiding it now. It's, it's like there's no no more shame in having you know, cavities. Mm. No, yeah, there's no there's no uh, you know thing on the uh, on the TV going you know teeth. Um, how did it go? It was uh, did you remember? It was oh. Are you kidding me? Yeah. My yeah, I do yeah. teeth. Teeth. It was a song about teeth, is what we're saying. Uh, yeah, there was one, one of those ones like you know, babies what? cry a lot getting their first teeth. Yeah, ah, yes, that's it. That's that's that's, that's the very one. Yes, uh, my son loves that. We watched all of the um, Channel Nine community service announcements from the eighties or nineties, whenever they were. So, yeah, <laughs> we've watched them a lot. That's good. They need more of those, those things. Definitely. We need more community yeah. service announcements That's just right. to remind people about things, mm, you know. Mm, we don't mm. get enough of that, you know. You can't do that on streaming services, just throw in an announcement. I just feel like it's a good thing. Well, well, they could here's one. Um, like we're, they're, they're not sponsoring us at all, but Beyond Smiles in Bertram, amazing. Oh, Especially good. if you have a fear of dentists or it brings on anxiety or perhaps panic attacks um they are excellent so just a little note very good people but my whole point of of bringing this up at the first place was i was listening to the episode you guys did by yourself while i was tidying up the house after lockdown and you guys were just banging on about how lucky we were that we could go to the cinemas and la 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 how lucky oh, this yeah. we're just really lucky in wa and let's talk about fringe and how lucky are we and i was like oh guys guys you don't know <laughs> we could be cursed. So you're everything. blaming us? Is that what you're saying? No, it's not blaming fault? you. Not blaming you at all. It's like when you listen to like old podcasts. I remember like catching up on old episodes of um, a podcast that doesn't exist anymore, Professor Blastoff with Tignataro. And I'm like, oh, I'm listening to all this and she doesn't know her mum's going to die. She's going to get cancer and. Um, she's going to like almost die of a, a stomach infection. Wow. I'm like, she doesn't know any of these things yet. Like this poor like past tick has no idea about what's going to happen. <laughs> it was like that. 
We like, almost need mm. to just start everything we say with, at the time of recording, yeah. this uh-huh. was accurate. Yeah, so time. today it's the 11th, if anyone is um, listening in the future, the 11th of February. So uh, we're in the second week of lockdown currently, well, so we'll sorry, see how we, we go. We, we kinda, we're out oh, it's not really it's lockdown, just, we're just masks. It's more mask wearing time, so yeah, um, which hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, uh, we can uh, unmask again and breathe on people come Sunday, but uh, mm. we should have to wait and see. Um, yeah, it's it's been weird, weird times, weird times. It was uh, last week uh, I was working from home, and it's just very strange to to get up, go to work in your home, and then go back to bed, and then get up and go to work in your home. Weird. It's it was weird. I mean, at least yeah. leaving your home to go somewhere to work. There's that that break, you know. Mm. So yeah, yeah. It was it was very strange, but hopefully uh, we can uh, we can see the, the 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 end of this and 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 keep the uh, the, the COVID nasties out of WA, which would be good. That's right. But you, but it is true. We have been pretty lucky here, so mm. we can't complain if you compare us to other countries mm. that have had it worse and have been doing masking for for multiple multiple months almost a year um but you know according to some people like gina um carano it's just just masks are silly yeah yeah well it's um getting on to the the news portion of the show i I guess is is now it's been an interesting day because uh yeah gina carano's um uh, on the mandalorian uh and uh, she plays cara dune she was going to get her own spin-off and everything she was. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore, lady. Yeah, and uh, she was like a really popular character. And I love the character. The character is great, like really, really good. But it's one of these cases where the actor playing the character has got some uh, very strange ideas that she liked to share on uh, the, the social medias. And some of them were just not cool, dude. Like, a lot of them were just not cool, dude. Um, no. So some of them were, like, you know, transphobic and there was uh, obviously the anti-masker side of things. Um, and then, um, uh, and then like, uh, she did another one comparing people, like, with different political points of view, um, uh, you know, say, uh, you know, Republicans uh, who lost the election and were being, you know, a bit sad about it, um, and saying that uh, the Jewish people didn't get, uh, you know, assaulted by the, the Nazis. It was first their neighbours and stuff because of who they were and it was like... So basically she was comp- saying that to be a Republican defending the... Uh, or saying that the election was falsified. Mm. To be a Republican is like being a Jewish person in the Holocaust. Mm. That was the what she was um, kind of... Mm. She didn't say that expressly, she but she's like, oh, it yeah. all started with this, mm. with the Jewish mm. people, like this is where it's going with Republicans. Um, yeah, so she, and she's, so she did all the fake news stuff about the, the election being falsified she had issue with masks like you said the transphobic Mm. stuff and i think disney have wanted to get rid of her for a while based on previous tweets um but the yeah the latest one was just the the straw that broke Mm. the camel's back and disney has gone now we're good thanks and she's even been dropped by her agency i think Mm. Mm. so um yeah. It's weird that people can't see the writing on the walls with those kind of things. It's like, you know, this is this is your, your career that was in, in jeopardy. But, I mean, I guess it's good that, you know, uh, she's you know, suffered some consequences for her actions and hopefully she'll reflect and go, oh, maybe maybe it's not the right thing to, to no, do. No, th- it'll just be opinions. fuel to the fire. She'll just be like, see, see what I told you, mm. these people. Like, this is what they're ruining my career just because I've got these personal opinions. And part of it's like, should you lose your job because of your political opinions or because you're a douche? Yeah, if it's, it's affecting your workplace, maybe, but if it's not affecting your work, I don't know. But I think people got to draw a line between like free speech and hate speech. And mm. I think what she's doing is, is coming like it's dangerous kind of like information that she's putting out there mm. and it is hate speech as well. So really like you know, th- th- there is a, a limit to like you know, freedom of speech. If it's going to incite people to do bad things, then maybe you shouldn't be able to say certain things. But um, yeah, certainly like it's just if your employer goes, no, dude, that's not cool, um, then they should be allowed to, to get rid of you for it. Yeah, be careful on social media. Mm. Mm. Well, that's right. I mean, people. Got no matter what job you have. Yeah, and people don't remember that. That stuff is out there 
forever. Like it's not a, a thing like you, you put it up there and it's gone. Uh, it's going to be there forever and people will go back and they'll they'll like take that and they'll hang you for it later on down the track. So Yeah, particularly when you're famous too, people mm. have a habit of um, screenshotting um, people's posts who are famous particularly just in case they do delete it and then they can bring it back up and it's happened so many times. Mm. You know, how many mm. times have we seen things brought up from 10 years ago written on Twitter and, and Facebook and now they're being kind of dug up and those people are being, you know, penalised for it, which they should be, but... Well, sometimes yes, other times... I mean, it is a case-by-case basis mm. and whether they have learned and whether they apologise and it, it depends on what's been said. But I sure, I definitely said things 10 years ago that I wouldn't say now. Absolutely, uh, If too. I was in a different job, I would hate to think that things that I said 10 years ago that I no longer believe um, or that are no longer um, accurate, I would hate to think that I would be made responsible for past mistakes that I'd made you know, absolutely, I agree. I think, so it depends yeah. on 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 that, and if they've learned, and yeah, how good the apology is, <laughs> <laughs> and whether it actually seems genuine. Yeah. Well, we'll see if uh, if Gina Carano will uh, change change her ways, and uh, you know, maybe become a a better person down the track. Mm. <laughs> mm. But another thing, uh, sometimes it's really heartbreaking when. Um, there's an actor or a director or uh, you know someone you revere, and then they it comes out that they're a, a total douchebag, and then it gets corroborated by other people going, yeah, 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 they're a total douchebag, uh, which is is not not good. Um, and it was it's today um, it came out the news about uh, Joss Wheaton because Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg in the Justice League film, uh, he had issues with. Joss Wheaton on the reshoots mm. and said that he was like a, a bully on set and he, he, he made the environment horrible and it was just a you know a very uncomfortable experience for him uh, filming there um, and for for a long time I was going it's just Ray saying this and like there's no one like backing him up like, I mean there were some people backing him up but not like a lot of people who'd worked with Joss Wheaton and you think someone with a body of work like Joss Wheaton would have um, other people coming forward and saying yes this happened and and, uh, mm. and I agree with, with what Ray Fish is saying but funnily enough it's taken you know months but uh, you know finally somebody who's um, worked with Joss and, and worked with him on not one but two shows uh, has come forward and said that you know, it was a, a horrible um, experience, you know, working with him uh, and it's taken, you know, years of therapy to be able to get to the point where she can actually talk about it. Mm. Um, and that's uh, Charisma Carpenter who was on uh, both Buffy and Angel playing Cordelia Chase. And um, she uh, wrote a, um, like a two, uh, is it a two-tweet kind of thing. That's a really long tweet. I thought tweet... I think what it is is a photograph of... Um, a statement mm. um, because she I'm just reading part of it now it is quite long um, but you he, one of the things she's stated is that he he gave passive-aggressive threats to fire me which wreaked havoc on the young actors self-esteem and callously called me fat to colleagues when I was four months pregnant weighing 126 pounds which is actually not that much <laughs> she's that would quite be still quite slender um he was mean and biting disparaging about others openly and often played favorites pitting people against one another to compete and vie for his attention and approval and it just goes on and on um about berating her and um yeah yeah, it's the the whole. You can find the uh, the whole post. Actually, I'll, I'll post the um, uh, Dark Horizons one onto the our Facebook page. But you can see it all there. But again, um, she's been backed up by other people who worked on the show as well. Uh, Amber Benson, who played Tara, um, she uh, put on Twitter: uh, "Buffy was a toxic environment, and it starts at the top." Charisma is speaking the truth and I support her 100%. There was a lot of damage done during that time, and many of us are still processing it 20 plus years later. Um, so, and Sarah Michelle Geller um, said that uh, she l- loves being associated with Buffy Summers, but she doesn't want to be associated with Joss Whedon. Mm. Um, so it's just amazing, like, after, you know, all this time, you know, somebody that we'd, we'd held in quite high regard, somebody that we'd thought um, had changed uh, the way women are seen on uh, 
TV because, like, you know, Buffy was a female-led TV show mm-hmm. and it had, you know, gay characters and it, it seemed very progressive at the time but it was being produced by somebody who was a bit of a megalomaniac by the sound of it, mm. maybe a bit of a psychopath. Yes, we were saying uh, off-air it's not just uh, serial killers. Often it's CEOs and bosses, people at the very top, um, and their behaviours just get accepted because they are at the top and also they're having so much success in their field and so people are just like, well, I guess Joss is a genius so we just let him do what he's doing. And, I mean, he produced some amazing stuff but it's... um, I, I didn't know about this until I got in and I said to Lewis, I feel like crying. Like that's so much of what I love is is things that Joss Whedon has been associated with and it just, it hurts my heart to find out that he is such a narcissistic, horrible bully. Mm. Like what an a-hole calling charisma fat when she's like A, pregnant and B, still skinny. Mm, or mm. not skinny but like a normal size. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he's no prize winner himself. <laughs> he should look in the mirror. Yeah. Anyway. But it was I'm angry and yeah. I, I yeah, are you getting my very first reactions because yeah. I'm just angry. It's it's very frustrating. But again, like, you know, we've we've all enjoyed Buffy and Angel and we've watched it over several mm. times. And and now uh, can can we? Well, we've said this before. We've we've said it with Spacey. Um, you know, we've said it with other people as well. Like, can we go back and watch those? Because I mean, it's still got Sarah Michelle Gellar in there. Um, it's 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 still got like all the other you know actors and characters that we love. Mm. You know, are we able to be able to see it and still enjoy it as much as we did before? Or is that lessened for us now? I think I'll still be able to watch it and separate it from Joss Whedon mm. because at the end of the day. A lot of things uh, were to do with the cast and crew and the writers behind it. It doesn't – it's not all about Joss, mm-hmm. even though the ideas were him and he's the executive producer and, and did a lot of writing and directing and everything. There are a lot of moving parts that he was not responsible for. Um, so, yeah, it's harder with people like Kevin Spacey. Mm, he's, yeah. he's on screen yeah. in your face. But yeah, I think, that's right. Yeah. You're not you're not looking directly at him. Yeah. yeah, I think it's always it always comes down to yeah. You've got to separate that and think about the collaborative effort that goes into these things and think about everybody involved and you know still appreciate and respect and admire what they've done. Mm. So you know, I think I think I can particularly because he's not on screen and I'm not looking directly yeah. at him. And I think. You know, I think I watch Buffy because I really enjoy the characters and, and mm. what each of those actors brought to those roles mm, because I mm. think those actors have done such a great job. And, I mean, look at the, the costume designing and the, you know, the special effects for the time were great. So I think there's so much that you can appreciate about Buffy and Angel that just goes well beyond Joss. That that makes me, like, reading that from Charisma Carpenter, she was, like, you know, young 20s, mm. I just have this image of, of me, like, because of how old I am now and how old she was then, I just want to, like, give her a hug mm. <laughs> like, and say, this is horrible and I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. I met her quite a few years ago at a um, one of the supernovas and I don't know, I just, I thought she said, she came across as really nice and I thought, I'm thinking now how horrible that she has to go around to these things and be representing Angel and Buffy when it was such a traumatic part of her mm. life. I just feel like that's really sucks. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But anyway. Well, I hope she can be proud of her involvement in the series and what she brought to that character mm. and, and hopefully that can help her, I suppose, in this instance because, yeah. she, you know, the job that she has done for that character is, is phenomenal and people, you know, often remember her as a character. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know... It might have been a crappy experience, but I think, you know, for us, you know, particularly as fans of the show, we can be proud of what she did for that role and, mm. and the other actors respectively. Mm. So, mm. you know, hopefully, I know, not that she would be listening, but no, um, if, if she ever did download the podcast <laughs> and heard this, you know, if we do some really good... We'll have to, I'll have to tag her and stuff when I... If we do some really good SEO and, you know... What is SEO? All this kind of search engine optimization. So when I'm putting... <laughs> okay. Pod- when I put this podcast together, guys, there's a lot of back... You know, the way I write the little intro and stuff helps people find us. So if I really 
put some effort into this, I could mm-hmm. I could get her to find us. Nice. Can you put like hashtags? Is that the sort of thing? Oh no, it's basically like you know when you Google and the th- first three things that come up. Oh right, right. Yeah. So if someone is searching, you know, Charisma Carpenter, and she happens to Google herself, yeah, we may pop up there. Oh you know? right, we can make this work. I can do it. Maybe. Yeah. We love you, Charisma. <laughs> Screw Joss Whedon. Um, yeah, on another sad note, um, Christopher Plummer has passed away this week. Um, mm-hmm. And he's given us such a huge life of work. He he made it to a ripe old age and he gave us Amanda Plummer, which I only found out like this, this year, oh, sorry, last year that they were related. I had no idea. I'm assuming you guys knew that and I'm just an idiot. Um, no, no, I couldn't say no, that. No, I don't think... I mean, now that you say it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, but I didn't necessarily know that as a fact. So, mm. no, there you so go. So that's, uh, yeah, Amanda Plummer is Christopher Plummer's daughter. So, and she's pretty awesome too. So, yeah. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Long story short, that's actually the name of a film, not, yeah. not a statement I was beginning with, but <laughs> it can also be used in statements and sentences when you're uh, explaining something. Long story short. Short story long. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this Apparently there's quite a few films out there called Long Story Short. Oh, is there? Because oh. I was doing a little bit of research on this film because it kind of came out of the blue for me. Mm. Didn't know anything about this film. Got an invite, went and seen it. And we're going to talk about it. But when I went to, you know, find out a little bit about the directors and actors and things in the film, I kept coming across like a 2003 film called Long Story Short. There was one in 2017. This is an Australian film though, an Aussie film. It is. It's an Aussie film. It's set in uh, in New South Wales, uh, one of the, the Sydney beaches there. Um, all the way through this film, I was going, how much money do these people make <laughs> that they can afford to buy a house in this place? I know, this beautiful, beautiful yeah. beach. Um, it's yeah. it's kind of like he he's, um, does something. They never actually go into what he does for a living uh, and his wife is an aspiring writer. But it's kind of like, dudes, how are you affording this place? It must be worth a couple of million bucks. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, more. these people don't really have... I mean, one's an aspiring writer, yeah. fantastic, chasing your dreams, and one don't know what he does. Yeah. But and maybe it's an inheritance. I maybe. I, I hate that, though. Sometimes I watch things and I'm like, you don't work. How <laughs> did you afford that house? Yeah. Unrealistic. It is. But anyway, the, um, the, this is a, an interesting story um, about time. Uh, and it stars uh, Rafe Spall and uh, Zara Newman, and it's uh, the... It's a story about a guy who, who kind of like never gets around to, to doing things. It's always going to be something that gets done later. Uh, but then a, a chance encounter with uh, an old uh, wizened woman in a graveyard uh, gives him uh, with a, um, uh, an opportunity uh, to see his life in fast forward, I guess, is the, is the best way to put it. So um, he gets married and then gets a, a gift um, on, his, uh, on his wedding night and then for some reason uh, every few minutes uh, his life moves forward a full year. And so that sucks, man. And, and so everyone uh, around him has lived that 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 year, and he's lived that year, but he doesn't know because he goes into his body a year later, and so he doesn't know what's happened in the previous year. That's and so, like a really bad gift. Yeah, yeah, I know. Why is Return it return to sender? And, and Terrible. So, so he's trying to play catch up uh, th- this whole time to uh, to kind of understand what's going on. How does he stop this? It's uh, like he he relates to, to Groundhog Day. But everyone knows Groundhog Day is like the same day over and over again where this is him losing time and getting older one year every few minutes, which is is a a very scary kind of prospect. But it's interesting because he gets to see his life as he would have lived it and he can kind of like, you know, try to figure out ways of making his life better. It's a really interesting concept. Like I, I was just like... When uh, when we were watching, I was just like, "I'm really into this. This is a very a very cool thing. I've never seen this before, so I'm happy to see something new." Yeah, I really liked it. It was so refreshing, and I had no idea what this film was about. 
you know, I kind of got the gist when we, on screen it had a big clock on mm-hmm. there and it was like long story short. I was like, it's got something to do with time but I didn't actually know how this was going to unravel at all. But I liked the way that it plays out. So you only get to see him for, you know, that particular year for a short period of time. So it moves on quite quickly. Mm-hmm. The pace of the film is is quite I quite liked that. It was very mm. quickly paced. And the interesting thing is, is each time you're like, well, what's next year going to be? Like, what are we mm. going to see? What's he going to look like? You know, what's going to change? Uh, and parts of it were quite sad too, because I think that time is such an interesting concept. And, you know, we often hear ourselves saying, you know, oh, t- this year's gone so fast or time is going so quickly. So I think it's such a timely um, message as well, such an interesting thing, such an, a cool theme. But And there were moments with, uh, you know, he has a daughter and there's moments with her and just regrets that he has and he just can't stop this from happening. But um, I think the whole idea of it being a gift is we do kind of uncover that later in the film yeah yeah and uh, but it's a great a great uh, story uh it's brilliantly acted i think it was actually it was produced by a perth guy because uh, he was actually at the cinema which was kind of called out the producer of the film oh. he was the speak, yeah. talk before the film. um but yeah it was uh, also uh, i mentioned the wizened woman in the graveyard it's played by noni hazelhurst mm. so you know very uh, a bit of australian royalty there uh ronnie cheng's in this as well he plays he was uh, a first person cast apparently i was just looking at the notes there he plays the, the best mate uh, Dina Kaplan's in it as well. Um, we think she's playing a South African uh, character. But we, we think. Not quite <laughs> sure about that. Um, and uh, Josh Lawson's in it. So it's, a, it's Well, a Josh Lawson was the writer and director. Mm. Oh, there you go. So it's the whole whole kit and caboodle. And I saw Rafe Spales in there as mm. well. I, I do he like plays, a bit of Rafe Spale. Yeah, he plays the lead, the lead character, so you get to see him, uh, you know, different times of his, his life. Ah. Yeah. Mm. But no, it's, it's a just... I missed you saying it, didn't you, I? You did, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the details on that somewhere. But really just... Ah, one thing, like, you know, Australian films, like, in the past, they've all gone like, oh, let's be really Australian and show that, uh, you know, there's the Opera House. And the, obviously the Opera House is in this at some point. Uh, but uh, th- this one here was just a real person story. Mm. Like, I think this story, you can take it to America or you could take it to the UK or you could take it anywhere else in the world. And I think people will still get it. It's mm. like, because uh, time is such an important thing to everyone. Uh, so it's a, yeah, it's such a good story. And it was, it was something that was, um, you know, just so different to everything else that we've seen recently. So I was, I was very happy with this, this uh, movie. Yeah, I thought, I went in and I, you know when you see those films where it's so much better when, than you thought it was going to be and yeah. you actually feel really uplifted and quite pleased that you went and seen it? Um, I really enjoyed this. I really liked it. There were some really heartfelt moments in mm. this film as well, but I think it's so beautifully balanced with, uh, you know, some really funny dialogue and just um, comedy in there as well. I, just an all-round film, all-round film. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll, you'll leave this one and you go, yeah, I got my money's worth out of this film. Yeah. I it, it was quite good. Yeah, and it... it it does make you appreciate things a little bit too and maybe I shouldn't be sitting around and maybe I should be going mm. out and doing things and, and not uh, – not. it's a bit of a hard watch too though, isn't mm. it? Because there are those re- constant reminders that, yeah, time is flying. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that in that respect it is a little bit like, oh, God. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> good But film. also a reminder to maybe take things in, not go out and do a million things. Mm. Mm. Pause, take a moment and enjoy what's, what you've got. That's Maybe. important too, I think, because I think he didn't really realise what he had until he'd lost certain things mm. too. So, yeah, yeah. I loved it. I really liked this film way more than I think, you know, it's not a one of those films, an award-winning film. Like it's not going to go out and win awards, but it's so enjoyable. I, I think the, um, the thing about it being an Australian film, it's an Australian film, but then it's got such an interesting... Uh, an interesting plot point to it with mm. the whole the uh, year moving forward uh, every few minutes kind of thing. Like that's something you really haven't seen a lot in, in Australian films. Like most of our films are very grounded and uh, based in reality, whereas mm. this one here is a you know a bit more you know science fiction, a, a, a bit more um, uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, so it was really good to see you know an Australian uh, director just you know stretching himself a little bit. So yeah, I'm. Love this film. It was great. I, I'm going to score this four Great Danes. 
four Great oh, Danes. Geez. Yeah. Uh, I am going to score this um, four and a half surprise babies. Surprise babies. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> uh, well, I um, I had a memory pop up on my Facebook a few days ago from 2012, um, and I I met Rob Sitch and Josh Lawson. Um, oh, cool. Back on that day. And I'm just trying to remember what film that was for because it was a Josh Lawson film. Was it Little Death? The Little no, Death? It, oh, now I'm now I need to find so out. So Josh Lawson was. in this film, he was he played the guy that oh, I know who he is now. I'm trying to think who he is, but I've just remembered who he was in this film. <laughs> who was in this film that we've just seen? Yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> um, he he was um I need to see yeah. Josh. Awesome. <laughs> Any questions for Ben is the one that we saw um, back in yeah. 2012. Yeah. And in this film, I can't remember what his name was, but he plays the guy with the – yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a big part in the we're, film. We're so just jo- disjointed. I'm, I think it's because I'm, I'm busy looking at stuff on the – we're all busy looking at our phones. We are. I think, long, sto- I think long story short, it's a good film. Go see it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, Sounds like it. Should yeah. we talk about the other film? Yeah, slightly that, different. Yeah, so I might synopsize this one. Do it, do it. So uh, Cecilia and I both watched a film called Wrong Turn. Um, it's about a uh, a group of young people who um, they decide to to go for a hike in a beautiful, quaint little area, um, little quaint little town in um, Virginia. The area is just beautiful. Um, Especially that time of year. Yeah, that time of year it's beautiful. They go. What uh, time of year was it? Fall? Was it? I don't know. I, I, don't was, know. Just, I was just <laughs> making that up. Winter. Um, anyway, so they go for a hike in this lovely area and they decide they, they want to have a look at some old, like an old Civil War fort. So they go off a bit. So maybe they took a bit of a wrong turn. Ha <laughs> 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 um, is that the name of the movie? Yes. <laughs> oh, well done. Well name checked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and whilst they're on this little um, adventure on this wrong turn, Shiza starts to happen. Shiza. I was going to say the other word, but um, various different things happen. They get injured. They meet some uh, a lovely group of people who have been living there for a very long time. Since the Civil that War. do things <laughs> differently. Uh, a lovely little village. Anyway, it's a horror movie. Um, and I ha- I did not realise that there were other wrong turns and, like, there's a little connection here oh, with our movies, conversation. Other yeah, wrong turn, right. Yeah, um, a little connection with our conversation from the start of the show. Um, Eliza Dushku was in a film called Wrong Turn oh, yes, in 2003 right. and that was based... Um, like same sort of premise, but the people they run into are like inbred hillbillies. Cannibals. Cannibals. Yeah. Right, which mm. makes one of the things that the main character says towards the later part of the movie make a little bit more sense yeah. to me. But there was like six of them or something and the last one came out in 2011 or something. There's yeah. the, the, a lot of them. Well, the sequel's the original. Yeah, one, yeah. Right? So this one um, is... Similar sort of idea, but instead of running into a group of inbred hillbillies, they run into a society of people who've decided to live off the grid before the grid existed. So um, they're called the foundation. I don't think I'm giving anything away by letting people know this. Um, But, yeah, it's almost like they've taken a a bit of the, the... the the movie The Village, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan. They've been living, you know, and sustaining themselves in this, you know, part of the Appalachians for since Civil War time or just before. So their way of doing things is different, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's an interesting – there's some really gory parts in this and I had – a few jump scares. It was good at the jump scares. I mean, it wasn't the most original kind of idea, obviously, because there's been stuff before. But um, 
and it was really long for a horror movie. Did you feel like it was like it should have finished earlier than it did? Yeah, there was that bit at the end, I think, where and you probably know exactly what I'm talking yes. about, where you think it probably could have ended, but it uh-huh. doesn't end. And there's yep. that other kind of scene that comes into it. And I just felt like that was a little bit ugh, too I much. Just, I would have left it. Uh, yeah, I would have. Left and then it I at kept watching point. like half of the credits because I kept thinking something else was going to mm. happen. And I'm like, "You're wasting my time. I want to go to bed." Mm-hmm. Um, so, because it was a screener that we got sent. Um, so, and there was some really gory things, like in particular the log roll. Yes, the log roll. That was very interesting. That actually caught me by surprise because I felt like that was such a quick. Uh, quick thing to happen. Mm-hmm. I could see it happening, but I didn't think they were going to, the way it escalated, I didn't think it was going to get to that particular point. And I felt like that was such a, so quick to get uh-huh. into that so quickly in the film. I was like, oh gosh. Like, I wasn't expecting to see the result. Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't expect we're to see the result. We're being very coy with with these things. but they. Sh- well, you've just, you've just like in my head, I've got a, a picture of something in my head already because mm-hmm. um, you're saying a log roll and results. So I'm figuring that a log rolls over someone. So Pretty much. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you see the result of it. Right. And I have to say, if this movie does anything, it's... It's the visual effects. The visual effects are pretty incredible. That looked like a for real person. It did look like a for real person. I think, yeah. And there was another scene um, in another, yeah, I'm not going to give away that bit, but it looked like a for real person as well. Mm. I'm like, how did they do that? It just is phenomenal. Um, But, I mean, like you said, it's not not a mind-blowing movie. It's not fantastic. But I still enjoyed parts of it, but Mm. not so much. I I think you've you've hit the nail on the head when you've compared it to The Village in a little bit. And I liked that. I think combining The Village with a group of teens who, or they're not teens, I think they're more adults who who take a, a wrong turn and end up, you know, in this community that are really reclusive and have hidden away. And I think for me personally, because I remember seeing the wrong turn films, I have a connection with with those films. And Mm -hmm. this, to me, I thought was a reboot or a reimagining, but I think it would be pretty inaccurate to call it either of those things because it's not really. The only thing that they've taken is a group of people who happen to take a wrong turn. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I was expecting similar themes to the to the other film. You didn't think the themes were similar? I think I was expecting cannibals. Okay. And I don't <laughs> you were disappointed. You wanted Army Hammer to turn up. Well, hey. The- oh. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that was that was uh, that was wrong of me. I, I- <laughs> Good. No, I well know done. exactly what you're talking about. Well done. Uh, well done. I. I mean, I would love for Army Hammer to turn up. I mean, he's got a. He's got a great body, <laughs> but not. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but he's. I think the things he said um, could potentially have been taken out of context. I don't know. Anyway, well, I, I haven't I, done I, enough research yeah. to figure out. Ex- I think. I think the thing is, he's he's got a cannibal kink and uh, is not. Uh, sorry, we just went totally off tangent. I apologise. <laughs> Poor listeners. Um, but yeah, he's got a cannibal kink, uh, and um, yeah, so he. Like you're so sexy, I could cook you up and eat you. Well, but I mean, like to how is that different than dialed up to a hundred to a baby? You're so yeah. cute, I could eat you. Yeah. I often look at puppies and go, "You're so cute." I could eat you, but it's a phrase to me. There's also a scientific um, thing that goes along with that as well. Oh, is there? I don't Uh eat meat, so I wouldn't eat a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) No, about like wanting to eat things that are extremely cute. Mm. Oh. I don't know. Do your own research. I'll do my own. Anyway, long story short. Um, well this, done. This film, I didn't mind the film. I just think I expected different things from this yeah. film. And a really good example of this film is 10 Cloverfield Lane, the film that came out a few mm-hmm. years ago, which was connected in some respect to Cloverfield. If they hadn't called it that, I would have liked that film more. It's because they've made that connection. connection. So I think call this film something different and I probably would have enjoyed it. Because you were waiting for a diner, for a creature to come into the 10 Cloverfield Lane, weren't you? I think so. And yeah. I think that shot where it pans out at the very end and you see 10 Cloverfield Lane on the thing, I think they could have kept that part in and then audiences would have made the connection after and gone, ah, but because it was called that. Mm, mm. So... 
I'm getting off topic, but <laughs> no, that, I guess like what I'm making, what I'm saying is that I think, yeah, I just went in expecting things, and I, I've come out. But I didn't. I enjoyed it. And to be fair, there was a little part of it that True. there was a very small part of cannibalism. True. Towards the end. True. Give away a spoiler here. I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah. Cool. Um, if you find yourself not getting onto your phone, it's a good sign. So I think that that gives me the thought that it's probably not a bad horror movie and I mean if you're into that kind of stuff and you're the audience you're probably going to like it but you kind of are the audience. Yeah I didn't didn't dislike this film I, I, I've always enjoyed films where you get a group of people who kind of go somewhere that's a little bit creepy and they don't know what to expect. I enjoy that theme in general like Cabin in the Woods and, and that you know thing yeah. so anytime you get that I, I quite like to see where that goes and so there's some genuinely really creepy things in this which mm-hmm. we can talk about off air but like really creepy yeah and, and yeah. the gore factor oh, there's only a couple of gore things but i just think the visual effects were just done so well um but i'm gonna give this um i was gonna give it three rolling logs but we've sort of already talked about rolling logs. I was going to say rolling logs too. Well I've changed I'm giving it three hot pokers. Ooh. <laughs> I think horror fans are going to like this film. <laughs> it's not bad but it's three just ex- it just was should have ended earlier than it did. Mm. I'm going to score this one and a half. Oh, rolling Logs was actually genuinely mine and, and yours. Now it's been taken by the fact that we used it. Um, what else can I give it? Oh, um, screeching tyres of a van that's not driving well. Yes. Well, maybe he shouldn't have been trying to kiss his girlfriend. Exactly. While he was driving. Exactly. Idiot. Sorry, fiancé. <laughs> um, so our show has got a little bit left and we're going to talk about some TV series um, that Cecilia and I have watched. I Firstly, I wanted to mention I was on Netflix and I was like, I don't know what to watch. I just, I was, ha- I basically like to watch stuff when I'm having my lunch and it was the weekend and I'm like, oh, I'll just put something on Netflix and I'm like, oh, Octavia Spencer, I like her. I'll just press play and see what this is about. And it was a TV series called Self Made, which is a f- a from last year actually. Uh, 20 self-made inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. Have you guys heard of this at all? No. So um, like it says, it's based on uh, the the life of Madam C. Walker. She was the first African-American woman. She's actually the first female um, entrepreneur to to make, I think, a million dollars. So she was quite famous and lived next door to Rockefeller. So... That's what they say in the in the TV series. Whether she actually lived next door to Rockefeller, I don't know. But um, she created a hair product for um, African American women to to help basically get their hair a bit healthy. Because it starts out with her. Um, she is a. It starts in 1906, mm-hmm. and her main job is as a laundress she's like cleaning people's laundry and the harsh chemicals that are getting used and the fact that she doesn't have money um to spend on herself her hair starts falling out because it becomes really damaged and apparently this was quite common because there was a lot of african-american women working in the laundry industry and using harsh chemicals and um yeah, and also they ha- um, African-American hair is different mm-hmm. to Caucasian hair and there was nothing around that would could be used on their hair really. So she came up with this product and it became huge. So it's kind of her story of how she made it big. Um, it's kind of a short series. It's only four episodes, which I like. Um Octavia Spencer, I enjoy. It's also got Tiffany Haddish playing her daughter, Lelia. So there are a few inaccuracies. I went and had a look at um, the truth behind certain things. But on the whole, you know, most of it seemed fairly accurate. But they did um, 
show Tiffany uh, Lelia's character as having a a lesbian relationship and there's no records of that. The only connection that they've made is the fact that she, she lived in the Bronx and was um, she contributed financially and to like the LGBTQ um, community mm. and she was quite open about supporting them. So and yeah, that's the only connection that so that that's that sort of kind of made up. But anyway, it was still relatively good. And the other thing um that you and I both watched um was Firefly Firefly Lane. I was trying to avoid this because I saw the ads for it and I'm like, that looks rubbish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate Catherine Heigl. Mm. Um, I really can't stand her. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to watch that. But then I don't know what happened to me. I'm like, oh, I like Sarah Chalk. So I'm just going to watch an episode and see how bad it is. That was my intention to watch how bad it was. Um, and then I'm like, well, it's only 10 episodes. I may as well just watch it. And I just kept expecting that I w- it was a one series thing and then I got to the end and realised, oh, there's another series and the whole point of it is like I don't end up finding out what happens at the end and I got very angry. But do you want to synopsize a TV s- series? Sure, why not? Um, so it's a 10-episode series uh, and it's based on the best-selling 2008 novel uh, by Kristen Hanna. So... It's a story about friendship uh, between Kate, played by uh, Sarah Chalk, who played Elliot on Scrubs, and uh, Tully, played by Catherine Heigl, who uh, we've seen around. Uh, she was easy on Grey's Anatomy and has been in countless other films as well. Mostly rom-coms and rom-coms then got dumped because like she's that. really difficult to work with. I think the only reason that she's in this is because she's the executive producer. But anyway, I did let's see that. I did on. see that. So, yeah, these two play friends uh, who meet for the first time as 14-year-olds in uh, 1974. Uh, fast forward to uh, 2003, you've got Tully. She's a successful talk show host uh, and Kate is a mother but the two are still best friends. So the show uses these skipping timelines that drop in and out of kind of notable memories, including time as teenagers, when they're in college and their first jobs uh, and really just all their ups and downs. So there are even these kind of flash forwards to 2005, which are used as cliffhangers Mm -hmm. in the series, which is I think what kept me intrigued because they would end on like you would see things and you're like, well, how do they get to that point? Mm -hmm. So I just kept watching and watching and then you get to the end of the series thinking it's all going to be wrapped up and then it's not. Yeah, you got to wait until another series, which is really annoying. It is annoying. I, I was like, I'm not putting myself through another series of this. So I went online and found out what was probably going to happen. So I can tell you off air if you're interested. But Yeah. I, the, the thing is, like, I really enjoyed... Um, so Ali... Uh, oh, my God. I should have read this before I got on air. Anyway, the, the young girls who play young Tully and um, young Kate, I loved them. Mm. I would have watched more of them. Um, Katie he- uh, Catherine Heigl, um, her Tully character is so almost unwatchable because she's so self-centred mm. and narcissistic. I'm like, why is, is like Kate still friends with this person who's just really toxic and everything has if it's not centered around her she's kind of not interested even the first phone conversation which is in the trailer she's like oh come out with me and she's uh, Kate says no I'm busy and she's like what doing laundry or like basically belittling the Mm. fact that she's um, a stay-at-home mum and I'm like what a cow like if one of my friends was was like that to me that's like really passive-aggressive um but, yeah, so I didn't enjoy her at all. Um, Sarah Chalk I thought was really good and I think, like, I was surprised at how good she was in her role. You've also got, speaking of the Lawson boys, mm. um, you've got Ben Lawson who's playing her husband in the future and love interest in the past. Um, and I didn't originally realise it was him because the first time you see him it's in the early 80s so he looks different. 
and I kept looking at him and he uses his Australian accent and I kept looking at him thinking, geez, he looks like Ben. Um, sorry, geez, he looks like Josh Lawson. And then I closed my eyes. I'm like, he sounds exactly like <laughs> he must. I'm sure they're related. And so, yeah, they are brothers. Mm-hmm. So um, Ben Lawson is the the elder brother. This is terrible on so many levels <laughs> and I'm really pissed that I got sucked in. <laughs> I I don't. I don't think it was terrible. I there are parts of this film I found their relationship really codependent, um, and I I know what you mean. I felt like Tully just Kate put up with so much crap, and I felt like she. Oh, but I think I can relate. I have friendships like that too, where there's one person who I think takes so much from that friendship, and then the other person who is just there because. I don't know. It's maybe you won't in your thirties. I don't yeah, have any relationships maybe, maybe like that. Tra- well, I've, I've slowly all distanced. of my relations are, uh, relationships are now equal. I have distanced myself from those particular people, but I have been in those situations. But yeah, I just felt like, but oh, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, and I I do kind of want to know what happens. Yeah. But yeah, I just found that the two were very. I wonder if this is based on true events or if the the writing was inspired by mm. the writer's own friendship that she had particularly Maybe. with somebody I'm not sure it's all right to pass the time basically mm. that that's what it's about if you know put it on when you're cooking dinner or something like that where you don't it doesn't matter if you miss too much mm. I must admit um there was a particular storyline that I cried during so um you'll probably know which mm. storyline that is um but yeah and I'm it's I'm annoyed that I got hooked in. The other thing is, I know we've only got a couple of minutes left. Have you got a short, really short something? Okay, cool. Um, I also watched Bridgerton um, in one and a half speed. One and a half speed. Because I watched the first episode and I'm like, this is rubbish. Uh, what is everyone talking about? And then I'm, I was like, I'll just watch a bit. And then I just kept like, um, you know, skipping right. bits. And I could see everyone's watching it for the sex scenes, uh, and I mean they were great. The sex scenes was great, were great, and I'm like, but I just don't understand why everyone keeps raving about it. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't have watched it all in. I didn't watch it all in one and a half speed, but a lot of it. That uh, Firefire Lane uh, TV show, Cat uh, and I, we went. Oh, we'll Sarah chalks in it. We'll, we'll, we'll have a check. We'll check this out. I think we watched like two episodes, maybe, but then we just stopped and <laughs> didn't go back to it. So you're not missing anything. Yeah, I, I think I like the format though. The the timelines, I quite like that. I I liked the timeline as well, and I wonder how that would have worked in the book. Whether mm. she, whether it was. That's something I've chosen to do uh, because of the show. Yeah. Uh, and whether it was just like a continual start to finish, I don't know. Um, but each episode sort of has a theme. But anyway, it's rubbish. Sorry, it is rubbish. Hey, you've got to share your thoughts. So is Bridgerton. Um, well, interestingly, I think those are the top two streaming shows uh, <laughs> on Netflix too, from from memory. Yeah. Firefly Lane, and then um, and then we got yeah. So so turn off Netflix, turn on Disney Plus, and watch One Division. <laughs> oh my God, yes! <laughs> it's so good that at the end of every episode, I get really angry because <laughs> I can't watch the next one. Um, it's it's like become our date night Friday. Oh, One Division, new episode. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's like back in the day when so t- when you just had to wait a whole week for your favourite show to play its episode. What did TV. they call that? Um, appointment TV, yeah. did you say? Yeah. It definitely is. WandaVision is like beyond anything I was expecting. I it quite is miss phenomenal. that anticipation, excitement that you used to get though. Yes. Now yep. it's so easy. It's like oh, I used to, I actually miss that. Like, oh, Thursday night, prison breaks on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should wrap it up we um, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.